I'm Darren Garrity, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moment in life. I also like JLS. Yeah. But Simon pulled a really nasty stroke on me. Oh, go on. Do you know that? I wanted them to win the show. Yeah. They were in the final, they got there. And they're up against Alexandra Burke. Cheryl is mentoring Alexandra Burke. And we were really rivals. I've got to be honest with you. We, like, we wanted to win. And I, we were trying to pull every stroke. So Simon wants Cheryl to win. What does he do? Yes, the undisputed godfather of Irish pop music, Louis Walsh, is my guest this week. We chatted about the X Factor gossip we never knew we needed. His very first memory of a young Stephen Gately and the daily crack he still has with Simon Cowell. This season of The Last of Your Life is once again brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Pop in for the weekly shop and step out in style with a new wardrobe this autumn winter. If you haven't already got your Tesco club card, you need to get it sorted. As a club card holder, not only can you rack up points, you can also enjoy the regular club card offers like this weekend coming from Thursday the 27th of October to Sunday the 30th of October. There's 25% off all clothing for club card holders. I used mine the last time there was 25% off for the entire weekend and I saved €65, if you don't mind, which was essentially a whole outfit's worth. Chuffed I was, even the lady at the till rejoiced with me. No joke. Download the app in advance so you are good to go. And now for my chat with Louis Walsh. I hope you enjoy. Louis Walsh, you are extremely welcome to the Last of Your Life podcast. I hope I'm doing the right thing. Why wouldn't you be? Because it's... You're supposed to be funny on this, aren't you? No. Oh, yeah? Oh, I thought it was all about funny. But I'm you not are that funny. F- Louis, I- sorry. Now, can I just stop you there? I'm odd, but I didn't know it was funny. I'm going to stop you there for one second, because you've been here in the studio for about half an hour, mm-hmm. and the lads and I have not stopped laughing at you. So, okay. So I don't know... What at me or with me? <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, at least as long as I'm not boring, I don't care. No, you could never be boring. Mm, but like, I haven't done... I've only done one other podcast, you know? Well, I'm honoured. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, gen- I'm, I'm not even... It, really, I'm only doing it because I like you. Well, I was just about to say. Well. I'm genuinely honoured because I know you don't do these kind of things very often. Especially when they don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> leave that in. Yeah, we'll leave that in. Oh, absolutely. But sure, it's, I, think it's, I think it's well known that you do not get out of the bed in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I am on, I never was. I'm a night person. Right. I love the night time. Well, you and I, can we just do a little bit of a recap? Because you and I, I met know. for the first time at Junk Couture in oh, 2019. Yeah, they never booked you back. <laughs> I, do it, I do it every year. You're dead right. And then we did Mullingar. So yeah, we were, we, no, hang on. We met at Junk Couture. We did the photo shoot for Junk Couture. Yeah. And the day of, we just clicked. Yeah, well, you, I knew you were a bit of fun. Yeah. And I knew you were one of those girls from Claire, you know. One of the girls. There's a load of them down there. There's, there's, there's a load of girls. So then we did the um, Westmead Bachelor Festival. Yeah, I've been booked together. back again for this year. <laughs> Are you? I haven't got the call. <laughs> <laughs> but we got on great. And so I said, and you gave me your number at the time. And so I said, would you do the podcast? And you said, yeah. yes. So thank you so much for doing it. Here I am. It. Here you are. Okay. Shall we? Listen, how's life with you? Because <laughs> I, I know you've got a big TV show coming up. I do. How do you feel about it? Am I being interviewed? Yeah. Okay. I feel absolutely 
ecstatic about it. I'm yeah. so excited to get going. You know, one of the people in RT said, people think that TV is all this fake tan, glitz and glam. And really, it's generally not. But this show, it actually is that. And it's great fun and it's exciting. Yeah. And it's... why? What, what are your well, thoughts, Louis? I think you're going to do really well because I think you've got a bit of personality. And that's important, you know, a bit. And <laughs> I think people will like you, you know, and you're looking great. And it's a great Irish show. Yeah. It really is. I yeah. just hope they get the right people on it. Oh, they will. I hope so. I've, I've heard a couple of rumours. Good. Okay, Louis, are you ready to I'm answer ready to some rock, of these yeah. questions? Okay, Louis Walsh, your first memory of laughter. Can you recall? Well, I'm all, I'm, I laugh an awful lot. I've always been laughing. Um, I think even at home, I was the joker. You know, I'm from a family of nine. You know, I'm second oldest. So we always had fun at home. We didn't have lots of money or anything, but we always had fun. And I think even when I was going to school and boarding school, I was always the joker. You know, I think maybe it was a cover up for other things that I was lacking, but I always had fun. And I think I think to laugh is an amazing thing. Talk to me about the day to day runnings of your house with nine kids. How manic was that? Well, it was my mother and father. I mean, they were just just ordinary people in Kelchimont, County Mayo, you know. My father was the local uh, taxi man and then he also worked in the bakery and my mother was doing a lot of the farming. I had no interest in this. I was only interested in music. They sent me to school. I was no good at school. Sent me to boarding school. It was a waste of money because I didn't really learn a lot. I became independent, okay, Darren, but um, I wasn't very, I wasn't a good student. No. No. And did you and want I, to be or were you just kind of allergic to it all? I couldn't apply myself, being honest with you. Um, looking back now, I don't know. I think my mother wanted me to be a priest at one stage. And then she was hoping I'd be a, work in the bank or be a teacher. Get one of those steady jobs that people liked down the country, you know. And you had no interest? I had no interest and I was the second oldest of nine. And um, How I did you get on with your siblings? Oh, great. I'm still talking to most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> most. we get on. Yeah, there's nine of us. Yeah, I mean, there's seven boys, two girls. I get on very well with my second, my oldest sister, Evelyn. And um, but I never really fitted in down there, if you know what I mean. I wasn't playing GAA. I wasn't good at school. And I discovered music. And that honestly saved my life. It was my escape into the whole world. I just love it. I'm, a, I'm still a fan of music. And I would buy music every week and listen to the radio and go and see the show bands. I love the early show bands. If you think back to maybe five-year-old or 10-year-old Louis, like, did it bother you back then that you didn't fit in? Or did you kind of go, I just feel like I'm destined for more? No, I didn't know then. I didn't know until much, much later. Um, but our house was, we live in a small village and there was just open doors. Everybody would come in and out. It was like the whole, the whole village would come in and out. That's the way it was down there. That's the way it still is down there, you know? Yeah. Everybody knew everybody. I knew all about everybody. And I think they wanted me to be somebody else that I wasn't going to be. The first time you felt laughed at, Louis Walsh, can you remember that feeling? It's an awful feeling. I'm sure. I'm sure it's happened an awful lot in my life. I can't remember the first time, being honest, but um, I was always the joker in school. And that was my cover up for not being good at other things. I'd, I'd make people laugh. I remember, I know in the boarding school I was in, in St. Nathie's in Roscommon, um, there was these little lockers, you know, where you put everything into, and I was able to fit into the locker <laughs> and close the door and nobody could find me. That was my trick there. And it, w- it was good at the time. But um, <laughs> then I came to Dublin and I got a whole brand new life. And I love Dublin. I think it's a great place. What age were you when you moved to Dublin? I was about... 
after school, I finished school, I wasn't very good at school, just got the leaving cert. My sister had an apartment up here, or a flat in Ranala, and I used to stay there with her, you know. Were you dying to come up? I was dying to get away. I was dying to be free. Of what? Just of parochial Ireland. Yeah. I didn't really want it. I just wanted to be in, a Dublin had everything, and there was gigs every night. You could go to a gig in Dublin every single night, see bands, buy music, go to a different restaurant. If you had a few bob, you could. it was the best place in the world. It still is. And how did you get a few bob? Um, I, there was a show band in Ireland, or in, in the West Ireland, called the Royal Blues. And a guy in that called Doc Carroll, they were managed by a guy in Dublin called Tommy Hayden. He was the big manager. He had all the show bands, Red Hurley, The Royal, Da Da Da, Royal Blues. He asked Tommy Hayden, thanks be to God he asked him, to give me a job in the office. And I was the gopher in the office, answering the phone, making tea, bringing Red Hurley's white suits to the cleaners, <laughs> everything, wrapping up the posters, going to the GPO, learning the game, it was a brilliant time. I didn't make a lot of money there, but I had the best time. I could go to I could go to gigs every night, and see all the great show bands. Like I used to, there was a band called The Freshmen, and I was like their biggest fan. A band called Chips and Rob Strong and the Flatterman. And I loved all the great, great pop bands, and I loved pop music. I was an addict. So you would do anything and everything to just keep stay up here with your sister and, and make it happen. Stay up. We had the best time. Dublin was a great place then. Still is a great place, but I think. In that time, it was just a brilliant because there was gigs every night, all sorts of gigs, pop, rock, country, everything. And I just loved all that. Louis, the moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. I remember one Saturday night after X Factor, driving along through Wembley. I was on a bit of a high, had a great time. We had a great show and the show was really big at the time. And I got a text on my phone from Barry Egan in the Sunday Independent. And he said, is it true about Stephen? So I didn't know what he was even talking about. I had no idea. So I said, Stephen who? And then he said, Stephen Gately, he's dead. And I didn't know. God. Mm. Mm. That was how you heard? It's when I think about it now. And, you know, I was in shock at the time. And I didn't start crying. But it's only, when, it's only now when you think about it. What happened? He was gone so young and he was such a great kid. He was so grateful. And I've kind of blocked it all out of my mind, if you know what I mean. And the fact that he was that he went so early and so young and we miss him so much. You know, he was a great, great little pop star. I think everyone feels like they knew him. What's your first memory of him? Him auditioning for me. He used to call me in the office every evening and say, what height do you have to be? He was so keen to get the gig in. And he was the only person from Boys to send me in all these pictures and portfolios and dancing and all the rest. And it didn't mean anything to me at the time. Then he'd call me every few nights and say, what songs do we have to do? He was so keen. He wanted it so much. It was an escape for him from his life. And it saved his life as well, being in Boys And he was brilliant to work. And the thing about him, unlike most of the other people I work with, he was grateful. He was extremely grateful right at the end. He knows that it changed his life and he knows that I helped him. And I wish he was still around because he was great fun as well. What I've learned from you in in the couple of times I've been around you, I I think you have a great gauge of when someone is full of shit and someone isn't. And and you're not afraid to say it. Oh, no. No. No, no, I don't have a filter. Um, Sharon Osborne <laughs> said to me, you've no filter. I said, yeah, I'm like you. you know, that's one thing we... Yeah, 
because you, you see so many fake people. The reason I say that is because it's it's evident how much you love Stephen. Like he was obviously this gorgeous person. He was. He was brilliant and he was grateful and he was talented and he ticked all the boxes. And I never heard hysteria for anybody like he got in the early days. He just he was like the Justin Bieber of the time. Yeah. And I remember doing gigs up in Tala and places around Dublin and girls have been carried out you know just carrying stretchers and ambulance and all that you don't see that anymore for as in passing out because they loved him so much yeah yeah, and there were so many people there obviously now things have changed so much from when Boyzone were up and coming but how do you think it was for him as a gay man navigating that scared scared so scared he used to call me often on a Friday night and say, is there anything in the papers? He was scared, scared all the time. He couldn't live his life properly. And he was scared. And then the son eventually outed him, you know, and he went with it. And even though it was the wrong thing for them to do, it gave him freedom. Yeah. And he was free and he was happy and he had money and he was just so grateful to be singing and dancing. And then he always wanted to sing in the West End and he got to the West End and he was great. He was just an amazing little Irish kid. Of all of the artists and acts you've worked with, what are your fondest memories? Of who? How do you, I mean, Any of them? Well, when they all get hit records, it's great. I mean, I like working with Westlife. I'm still working with Westlife 23 years later. And they're still fun. They still get it. They still, they're doing incredibly well. You know, and they're selling out everywhere. They are great because they work as a unit. You know, yeah. they just bond the four of them as friends. And if they ever have any problems, they leave them off stage. And um, I think I think they're a great pop act. I really do. What do you think is the recipe for, for that longevity and to still be selling out, in, you know, 23 years later? Do I you think, think do you think you need a bit of a break? Because obviously they took a bit of a break. Like take that and like a lot of bands. Yeah. yeah. It's great if they do that and, and they can get their lives together and they can spend their money and yeah. get married and spend more time with their kids and then when they come back it's always fantastic take that did it Westlife did it um, I think I think good songs I think the, the thing about Westlife if you go to one of their gigs and I saw you at their gig this year yeah. singing along you know every <laughs> song it's like the soundtrack almost to our lives in Ireland yeah and they're great guys you know they just they just get it and they're still as good as they were if not better at the start I thought you might invite me up for a drink to your kind of box but anyway well I was semi-working you know <laughs> and you were just another punter that day really <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> okay Louis <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty okay Louis your no laughing matter moment in life a time where you had no room for laughter at all maybe a sadder time but that was it. That was it. I, I don't do sad. Do you not? I don't like sad, no. I don't, I don't like real life. You don't like going there? I don't like real life. I like fun. I always like to think <laughs> of the positivity. And on X Factor, I mean, I was doing that for 50 years. We laughed every single day. Can we talk about that? Right. And the reason I was on the show was I was working with Simon Cowell almost daily because he was our A&R man for Westlife. He was the person... That made it happen, really. Yeah. To be honest with you. And I, I worked incredibly well with him. And he's brilliant fun. I mean, I remember one day I was walking down in London and my phone rang and I answered the phone and I said, yeah. He said, this is Wolfgang in Germany. Wolfgang, uh, you are Mr. Walsh. You manage the Westlife. And I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I want to talk to you. We have a really big deal for yogurt in Germany. Would you be interested? Do the boys like yogurt? 
And I, I didn't know. So I said, yeah. I said, they will. <laughs> they, <laughs> they love will. it. <laughs> they will. And it was him. He was always taking the piss out of me. <laughs> and w- always on the show, I would keep him laughing. And one night, he got his makeup girl to put makeup on me. You see, she said, no, he said, you need a bit more colour. Put a bit more in. So what I didn't realise, Darren, was as the show went on, I got darker and darker. It was a tanning thing. And as the show went on, he was roaring laughing. Sharon was roaring laughing. And I had no idea. I was getting darker and darker. It was a prank, like. It was a prank, but he loved doing that. And he was so... Every day was fun with him. Every single day was fun with him. Do you, do you kind of need that crack oh. when you're involved in something so massive to stay yeah. sane? Because when I think back on, say, 2009, 2010, when it was in its heyday, yeah. like peak And X I was factor, so naive about it all. Were you at the time? I was so naive. And we never knew the votes. We never knew the acts. We never knew the votes. We never knew the bottom two. I swear. Ever. 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 And we were trying to find out. I kind of believed that. I mean, you could see from your reactions. You'd know that you were authentically reacting. We were. And we never knew who was coming in or anything. And Sharon would kick me under the table sometimes about and send me notes, rude notes about people. And then we had this girl one day come in and her name was Dawn the Jockey. And I said, Dawn, so you're a jockey? So you mean a disc jockey? She says, no, I'm a jockey. Sharon kicks me under the table. We st- we, we're hysterically laughing and we can't stop. We're roaring laughing. And then Simon is not happy about it, but he's watching us and he says, I think you two should leave. So we had to leave the room. So it is all on YouTube. Yeah, I saw it. I remember that. And then, if, and then as she was leaving, the door hits her and we're literally sick from laughing. I can't, I, I think the, you know, the initial auditions in the yeah, room. They were the best ones. They are the best crack. But we never know if whether it was going to be really good or really bad. And that's the, that was the beauty of it. But you see, and we used to laugh at a lot of people, but. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with that now. But I know that, but I'm fed up of all the I know, stuff. I know. You have to be honest and you have to say what the people at home are thinking. I know, I you know. know. They're either good or they're bad. And so many of them were deluded. But a lot of people, <laughs> they were deluded. It's like, I want to be the next Madonna, you know. It's like crazy. And then my mother told me I was like Celine Dion. And all this time. I know, I know. But that's You see what, people from all walks of life. It's what makes it brilliant. It's what made the show. If you think back on those initial auditions where someone walks into a room, in terms of someone who blew you away, who comes straight to mind? Well... I liked Shane Ward because I was his mentor and because he came in and he was just this little guy from Manchester with a great voice and the potential was great there. He won the show eventually, so I liked him an awful lot. I also liked JLS, yeah. but Simon pulled a really nasty stroke on me. Oh, go on. Do you know that? Oh. I wanted them to win the show. Yeah. They were in the final. They got there. And they're up against Alexandra Burke. Cheryl is mentoring Alexandra Burke. And we were really rivals. I've got to be honest with you. We, like, we wanted to win. And we were trying to pull every stroke. So Simon wants Cheryl to win. What does he do? Well, hang on, why did he want her to win? He liked her. He liked her a lot. Yeah. And she was playing, she was playing up to him. And what does he do? Gets Beyonce. He gets Beyonce. <laughs> he oh. gets Beyonce. You know, we couldn't compete with Beyonce. I still, Louis, I still well up when I watch that clip of them singing together. Like, you have to admit, it was the most phenomenal performance. I wanted JLS to win. Okay, but wasn't it a phenomenal performance, Louis? It was okay. (laughs) It was okay. I I wanted to win. This was serious. We took, we took it so serious. I know. 
Honestly. But they were amazing. They were amazing. JLS had the best career. <laughs> they were brilliant. Yes. JLS had the best career. Where, where and they seemed like lovely guys. They were amazing. And they worked as a unit, you see. Yeah. That was the key. Where's Alexandra? What happened? Oh, she's in the West End. In a Louis the Shade. Is she in a horse? The backhanded shade. Yeah. Who else stands out? I, I mean, Stacey Solomon, Leona Lewis. Those Leona was be, great. Oh, my Stacey God. didn't do it for me at all. Did no. she not? No. What about the likes of Diana Vickers and Cher Lloyd and stuff? They were great. They were also such great TV. They were. Even Rylan. Look at, look at the girl he's had. Rylan. You know, and he didn't win. You know, I love that you say that it didn't really dawn on you at the time how massive it was. Like when you think back it on didn't. it now, do you kind of go, holy God, it was so huge. I was in the bubble. Yeah. And I was doing it for like, I think I did it for 15 years. And I was over and back to London, doing the rehearsals, doing the whole thing and picking the songs. And we were rivals. I mean, we were serious rivals. I had a serious row when I with Danny Minogue, like did a you? serious row. What happened? Over a song. It was over a song. Because you used to get... It was in terms as to who could pick the songs. And the theme, I think, was Take That. And I wanted to rule the world. And she wouldn't give it to me. And I had a serious, serious row with her. We were, we were genuine rivals. She was a very good judge. She was very good. She was good. She was really, she was tough. But yeah. she was good. Um, Sharon, I loved. I love Mrs. O. I'm still in touch with her. Are you? Oh, yeah. She was 70 last week. Cheryl really went through it on that show, uh, you know, personally and professionally. Like she kind of, it, the show shot her yeah, massively. It did. But then she had this personal turmoil and that was so public. But that's what made it good. And people, she got a big sympathy vote and stuff on the show. And, you know, don't forget, I was on that show where Girls Aloud came from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the public picked them. And um, I got Nadine to go for that show. I had I called her because she was on the Irish pop stars yeah. and she had that thing about her passport. So I I really asked her to go for this show. I made the mistake of speaking my mind and saying Nadine is the best singer. So the girls didn't love me in Girls Love because I said she was the best singer. She was the best singer. She sang lead on every single track. But Cheryl on X Factor was brilliant and she got a huge sympathy. And, you know, she was actually a very good judge. She was. She was a good judge and she had a great instinct. I have to say. Great instinct and very obviously empathetic. Yeah. You know, if someone came in and if they, and I know we all call them sob stories, but if people had genuine stories that were sad, you could tell that it would hit her. Totally. No, no. I, she, you know, I think I didn't give her enough credit looking back on it. You know, I think she was a good judge and I think she's good. And I just hope she, and she got a really hard time for her singing and dancing, but she wasn't that bad. She was actually okay. That's, that's exactly what you want to hear when you're a pop star. You're not that bad. But she wasn't as bad as people <laughs> thought. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. Oh, I, people, but people were setting her up for a fall. They were. Yeah, but she had good songs. She did a bangers. She had very good songs. Yeah. She always looked good. She could and dance. She could really dance. Yeah. yeah. She could really dance. And dancing and singing is hard. You know, yeah. to put you out of breath, you know. That whole show, that whole series, Pop Stars Rivals, it was Jerry Halliwell, who's now posh. Jerry, she thinks, Jerry Halliwell <laughs> and me and P. Waterman. And I, I was so naive. I really was naive doing that show. And then I thought I was going to get the boys, but they gave me the girls. And that's where Girls Aloud came out of them. They were a great girl. They were great. They were brilliant. They looked amazing. They had great songs. I, I you know, They were only really big in the UK. I thought it should have been global. I think they were good enough. You've really lived a life, Louis. So far. I've more to do. Oh, I know you do, but it's so far. Like, 
It's so massive, all these things you've done. I had a great time. I love it. It's not like a job to me, Lauren, you know. I do still look at the charts. I know everything that's going on. I'm still a pop fan. But how have you stayed so normal? Like, you're so do I normal. Do I, am I normal? In terms of, like, we were walking down the road there together to get you an El Sambo. And, like, you just don't care. Like, you're not, there's Why no airs or graces. Why would I? Well, I mean, you just, you so easily could have airs and graces. No, no. But uh, what is it not that keeps you grounded? In, being Irish and living and living in Dublin, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Seriously, Bonner can walk down the street or Van Morrison. Nobody cares. Oh, I gave Van Morrison a lift once in my Jeep. <laughs> I was driving around by the pod. It must be 20 years ago. I had a little red Jeep, a little Wrangler Jeep. And I saw Van Morrison. He was with Michelle Rock at the time. Oh, and yeah. I knew Michelle really well. She was gorgeous. And I said, do you want a lift? I said, get in, grumpy, to Van. And he got in and I gave them a lift. Stop. Yes. Do you have any really juicy stories for it? You have so many juicy oh, stories. Loads, I can't tell. Oh, will That's you tell another us, podcast. Can together. you tell us one and not say the name? No. Surely you've loads. No, no, oh, your name's written down there. Here we go. Here's the tea. He's going to spill no, the tea. No, 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 no. All right. Pipe and hot kettle here. Come on. He's <laughs> the notes out. Okay, Louis, the person you always laugh with, who would that be? Honestly. Theron. I knew you were going to say me. No, I don't really know you that well. <laughs> go on. Who is it? Who is it? Honestly, for some reason... Simon Cahill and I, we laugh all the time, usually at each other. Always, always, always. He's great fun. And he's a very part of, big part of my life. And he likes the madness I have, you know? Yeah. And we just fall around laughing. Do you talk on the phone or do you text? Phone. I'll talk to him. He's in Malibu at the moment. He's doing America's Got Talent. But he's coming back. To he's doing a TikTok thing. He's planning something really big. I don't know what it is. I saw it in the paper the other day. It's like he wants to connect TikTok people with yeah. people in the music yeah, industry. Yeah. It he, makes sense. I'm glad he's back because we miss him in the music and, and the television business because he always has new ideas. And he, he's great fun. He seems it he's in fairness. brilliant fun. He has a good sense of humour. Oh, he's great fun. So he's your person you'd always laugh he with? Would, he's the person that I think I just laugh. Okay. Honestly. Louis, a time where you had the last laugh. Can you think of a time where you kind of went... Oh! Go on. It's probably when I started Boyzone. I remember when I started Boys on, people were falling around laughing at me. And I was kind of naive about the whole thing. And I put them on the late, late show. Remember that awful clip where they were... Where they I don't think it's it. awful. I think it's iconic. I think it's great. And I always release it, sign off it, because I think if they can make it, anyone can make it. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And it's true, because they had a great personality. But I remember in Dublin at the time, there was all these kind of rock managers and cool guys going around. And they were laughing at me. I remember going to the pod nightclub and two particular managers falling around laughing at me, taking the piss out of me. You know? But I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. And then we got to love me for a reason in the UK and it just took off. And I think I had the last laugh with everybody on Boyzone. I really do. Because they made it and they did it, you know. I love that. That's the truth. Talk to me about featuring in Bono's book. Oh, I'm, I've got a, I mentioned. It's a true story, Darren. Tell me the story. About 30 years ago, Captain America's was the kind of place to be, even though Christoburg was playing there. It was still a nice place to go. <laughs> On Grafton Street? Christoburg. He used to play there. He was called Chris Davidson then. But it was like the place to go. And I used to go in there maybe every once a week. For, so they did great food. It was a great place. But I'm there one day. You two are at the next table. Nobody really knows them. They're just, you know, starting to rehearsing, and, but they're ambitious and Bono was there. And they're talking out loud. And I hear them talking about saying they want to get rid of their manager, Paul McGuinness, out loud. 
And I'm listening, I'm thinking, this can't be real. Paul is like, I know Paul, he's a brilliant manager. Yeah. And I just went over to them and said, guys, are you really serious about getting rid of Paul McGuinness? You can't do that. He is. He will make you. He's a great manager. And I was right. But um, that's a true story. So he mentions, he tells that story in the book. Bono tells in the book. He's got an amazing memory, Bono. Does he? He's an amazing memory. He's a great operator. He's a brilliant. Try and get him for this. Would you help me, Louis? Well, I kind of saved his life, didn't I? (laughs) 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 And 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 he stayed with Paul McGuinness. I think he'd be brilliant. He's a brilliant operator, not just as as a front man, as a politician, as a father. As a role model for Irish people, I think he's brilliant. He comes across as a kind person. He is. And he's he's constantly working. And it's just, I admire him greatly. Yeah. You know? I really, really do. I think he's a great person. We need more Bonos. We do need more Bonos. Yeah. So buy, buy the book of Bono. And I'm in it. <laughs> uh, Louis, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be for you? What's the best medicine? It's not alcohol and it's not drugs. I don't do that. Do you um, not drink? No, I don't like it. I don't like alcohol much. Do you not? I can, but I, I don't... I don't. Not big into it? No, I don't care about it. Okay. Um, I think I like going to a nice restaurant. Nice restaurant, nice food, good coffee, good dessert. Do you treat yourself now? All, all the, the time. Yeah. Darren, every day. Go on. I go out every single day to eat. Do you? I have about 20 different restaurants and I, I do them in different... Yeah. In sequence? Where do you go? I go to the Marion Hotel. I love there. I go to the cat, the New Park Cafe... I go, where else do I go? I go to Junior's. I go to the Old Spot. I go to Angelina's. I go everywhere. All the new places in Dublin. And there's so many great new restaurants in Dublin. There's loads, actually. It's, and there's more opening. <laughs> there's a few closing, but, but the good ones are, are going to stay there. And you, every single day every you day. treat yourself? I don't cook. Oh, my God. See those glamour. hands? They're not made for cooking. Can I can I join you someday? Yeah, if you're good. <laughs> I well, know. You, you know what you can do when you're famous. Like really famous. <laughs> Will you make me famous? You're you're nearly famous at the moment. Okay. Do you think I could do I could do more? Oh yeah. Do Absolutely. You, Louis, if you okay. want to. Critique want me to. now, right? You know what? It's it's not how good you are, it's how ambitious you are. I'm ambitious. If you're um, I know that. Jesus Christ, I know that. <laughs> Ambition and attitude and work ethic are more important. Okay, critique. They're the most important thing for anyone that's made it. Anyone in the whole world. If you didn't know me and if I walked into your office and I was like, do you think I could do well? What would you tell me to do? I'd say you're cutish. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, right. Cutish. I like your personality. She looks well. And then I like the way you tell the stories and stuff. I think you've been brought up really well. And you're from the country, aren't you? Yeah, West of Ireland. Well, I mean, my parents are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm West of Ireland too. Okay, so, okay. Well, no, right. I think you can do anything in the whole world if you apply yourself. Honestly, I do. And you can, Darren. I think you should go to the UK or maybe America. Louis, that's a rumour start, saying things Let's like that. Let's start the rumour. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Are you ready for your quickfire round? Of course. Okay. The actor you always laugh at, Louis. Oh, Mr Bean. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> I just like Mr Bean. I mean, you have to laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer. I think that's the first time we've had Ron Atkinson. Uh, the actress you always laugh at. Twink. <laughs> I think she's really funny. <laughs> great. And she she's is a legend. Actress. She is an uh, I'm watching this show at the moment called Hacks on Amazon. And there's a woman on that rolling on Jean Smart. Right. Her, she's brilliant in that. What's uh, what streaming service is Hacks on? Amazon. Okay. And it's about this comedian 
getting on in life and it's kind of over for her. She's a lot of money, but she still wants to play the big gigs and she still thinks she's a star. And it's brilliant. She's good around in, in a blue Rolls Royce. I love all that. Um, you're, you're big into your shows. I watch an awful lot of TV. Do you? I'm a bit of a junkie, yeah. What's your favourite type? Like, would you like a thriller or crime or comedy or what? I watch everything. I can watch Selling Sunset and then I can watch... Um, the morning show you've seen. Narcos, the morning show on Apple. I watch that. Um, I watch everything. You just I, love it. I just love it. Series or movies? Bit of both. Series. Yeah, you oh, I get into it and I'm just there. I mean, I love The Sopranos. That was the best thing ever. You notoriously don't wake up very early. So what time do you go to sleep at night when you're watching? I your don't show? sleep till maybe three or four o'clock at night time. Every yeah. night? Mm-hmm. Sure, that's when I'm getting up. But it's fantastic. There's no one around. I can do what I want. You know, <laughs> I'll a cup of tea. Have to, I love it. Walk around the nip. No. <laughs> do you? Do you do that in the morning? Sometimes. sometimes. Do you? Hope there's nobody looking in. Where are you living? Okay, Louis, the movie that makes you laugh out loud. I love Mel Brooks. And he does a movie, The History of the World. Haven't seen it. It's a really old movie, but I love it. It's very, very funny. But I love the old movie stars as well, you know? Yeah. I love the the real the proper movie stars. Yeah. I wrote down a few names that oh, I go like. On. I love Bette Davis and Joan Crawford. Remember is in as in Baby Jane? Legends. Love all that. Absolutely love that. Do you know who I love? Even when I think about her, I laugh. Joan Rivers. Is that your favourite comedian? Do you always have it? Oh, by a mile, yeah. By a mile. I love uh, Dame Edna as well. I don't know who that is. Dame Edna. Oh, well. Barry Humphreys. Legend. Australian guy. Oh, stop. I must look up. Oh, amazing. And very, very, very different. But I, I used to see, I go and see Joan Rivers a lot. I got to know her. I got to, to her manager. I knew her manager, Billy Salmon. And off stage, she was a complete lady. She was so really, but on stage she was amazing. I mean, she'd have an amazing, she'd have a great time now with the royal family and stuff. Oh God, she'd she'd love it. Meghan Markle, oh, it'd be amazing. (laughs) She'd have a field day. It would be brilliant, and with all the Boris Johnson and Liz Truss and all these people. I'll tell you who makes me laugh an awful lot as well: Um, Irish politicians. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. They're so bad. (laughs) I mean, it's just unreal. In fairness, the UK aren't much better. My God, what a mess. Not, politicians generally are not good yeah. people. They're only in, in it for themselves, I think. And finally, Louis Walsh. Oh, I finally, ha- it's I over. know, I hate the way it's gone so what fast. Do I, what do I not put in? No, I've, I have a final thing. So your best or worst joke, you definitely have a good joke for me, Louis. I don't really, know. You do. No, ask me another question. <laughs> <laughs> You've no joke. No, Doll Aaron. Oh, Doll Aaron is the joke. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doll Aaron. That's the punchline. Yeah, oh, Doll Aaron. Is that it? Are we finished? Yeah, we're done now. That was easy. What, did you think it was going to be hard? I didn't know because I wasn't prepared totally for it. And you was to do with comedy and stuff. Yeah. But you also don't, you don't, like, you don't like to tell a whole lot about your personal life, really. No, because it's boring. You know, <laughs> and it's boring. It is boring, yeah. But I, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm a happy person. I was always, you know, very happy. Really? At the moment, I'm like probably eight out of ten, which is not bad. Where's, what's the, where's the two falling down? Just... I'm not doing an awful lot of work. I'd like to do something else, something new. Like what? Just a new project. I don't know. In music? Yeah, I'd like to find somebody great. It could be a boy, it could be a girl, it could be a group, it could be anything. What about the group? Oh, I have a new group next in line, but it's there. one of them is still going to school, so I have to wait, but they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. I think, Darren, we have an awful lot of talent in Ireland. We do. But we don't encourage them. 
there's so many great new people, you know. There's so many. I'm looking at Codaline and Picture This, and there's so many great people. Your man Kennedy, so, not Brian, the other guy. Dermot. Dermot, so good. You know, there's so much talent out there. I think we should help them more. I don't think Irish radio helps Irish acts, by the way. Do you think so? You're on radio, aren't you? Yeah, I'm into a fan. Do you play a lot of Irish stuff? We do, in fairness to us. We're, we have a good record for it. But like, there's no point in playing it when it's a hit. You need to no, no. We have two FM Rising, which is where we bring along, bring artists along, and organise gigs and give really? them radio play. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Absolutely. Julie. Okay. <laughs> Head over to fm.ie if you want to have a look at the list. <laughs> no, but that's one thing. I mean, we should encourage. There is so much talent yeah. here. In all, like in comedy as well, and folk and country and everything. So much great talent here, and Irish people are great. Well, you're great, Louis, and you are a legend. Am I? of the music industry not only in Ireland but around the world and we absolutely love you here okay Darren thank you are we done? <laughs> we're done okay great thank you for sharing the last thank of you. your life thank you <laughs> thank you for listening to the last of your life podcast with Louis Walsh I really hope you enjoyed it and if you did please don't forget to like subscribe rate and review it really does help the show if you do this podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios and this season of The Last of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco.